You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Another crazy day. How are you today, Marty? I'm reasonable. That's as far as I'm going to commit to for today. Thank you very much. About reasonable. I, I'm, I'm doing great. Thank you. I'm glad that you're reasonable because what I saw coming out of the UK government, that's not reasonable. That, that's not reasonable. They've gone off the deep end. I think that's what has eroded me from very good, thank you, to reasonable. I don't know if you... Is your news... I'm just curious because is your news saying anything about what's going on in DC at all? Immediately after the events of the 6th, the news did report briefly about what's going on in DC, only to say that it was a domestic terrorist insurrection. All that, yes. Um, yeah. Well, Marty, um, Marty, nearly half of the US House members nearly died. Oh, oh dear. How sad. Never mind. And, yeah, and, and to be honest, I mean, if you listen to Senator Chuck Schumer from New York, I mean, that was that was the greatest tragedy since Pearl Harbor. And he was comparing himself. He was comparing himself and his colleagues to Pearl Harbor survivors. Um, it just shows how far detached from the real world these people are. Absolutely delusional and insulting. They're lucky that there that there's only a handful, perhaps, of Pearl Harbor survivors remaining alive at the moment because it was such a long time ago. Now it's one of the few places in the states I've actually visited. I've seen the monuments there. You get maybe not quite so intense, but you do get that emotional feeling that some people describe when they visit Auschwitz. You know, you get a feeling of what has happened there. And so to liken their experience on January the 6th to surviving Pearl Harbor is just an insult to every World War II veteran. It is, and it's 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 shameful and it's disgusting. And the fact that you've got sitting members of the U.S. Congress actually making that reference to this—I mean, we're we're not even we're not even including what happened on 9/11, the tragedy of that day. He didn't even make mention of that. He compared it directly to Pearl Harbor. Are, are you are you kidding me? Uh, these these uh, people—it's just—I I have no words for them. They're they're so delusional at this point. While they're in the process, as we speak of impeaching Donald Trump for a second time because they say he's unhinged, deranged, and delusional. Now, I think what Donald Trump is, is severely let down. He's been let down by his party enormously. The man's not delusional. They knew what they were getting when they voted for him, uh, when, when the people voted in. They knew they were getting a businessman, not a politician. And unfortunately, because of his lack of political skill, he has wound up on the wrong side again, unfortunately. If he was a, a better politician, not that that's a good thing, but if he was a better politician, the words he chose um, to get the people to come to, um, to D.C. would have been better chosen, I think. And I think that's where his, um, his problem lays. I, I think he needed the people in D.C. He did. He did. But, and, uh, and again, I'm only saying this 
with the benefit of hindsight and hindsight's 2020, he needed, if he knew he was going to get that kind of response, which he could pretty much guarantee, his choice of words in getting those people there should have been a lot more controlled and and uh, and better chosen because that way well, he could have... Hang on a second. I'm curious. Are, are, you, are you referring to the speeches that the mainstream media are playing or the one that he actually made? Because there's two different ones. Okay. Well, I've seen the clips that the mainstream media have played because uh-huh. that's what's available to me. Right. His actual but speech says... I'd have just made sure there was no chance. If it was... His actual speech says, we're going to remain peaceful and we're going to march down to the Capitol, and we're going to show our presence peacefully. They conveniently clipped out the part where he says peacefully. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, well, I can see that they could do that quite easily. But I would have doubled down. I would have got a belts and braces approach and specifically ruled out any kind of violence. If he'd have said that, they can't. They couldn't touch him, and they wouldn't have even been considering this second impeachment. But he is being impeached on the grounds of inciting to violence, is he not? He is. And it's it's kind of it, it's laughable because, I mean, again, we're, we're looking at we're looking at someone that's supposedly calling for violence. Right. Isn't that what they're saying? Is, is that what they're saying? They're saying he's calling for violence. We've got to shut down all this stuff. And, and I wanted to actually get your take on social media. We'll, we'll get into that uh, here in just a few minutes. Don't let me forget. But they're saying he's calling for violence. They're saying that he is a major threat. He's unhinged. He's deranged. He's a lunatic. He's very dangerous. He represents a real threat to democracy. They're, they're just espousing all of this stuff. And mind yeah. you, it's the Democrat side. I'm not playing party politics. I'm, I'm not taking sides. No. I'm not doing that. I'm just not that kind of person. I call a spade a spade. I call it like I see it. And I, I want to play this audio here for just a second, just a second, because I, I want you to hear that this, this is a, they're saying that Trump is doing all of this. OK, all of this. But they're ignoring the fact of what happened with the BLM and Antifa riots over the summer. That's completely off the table. Right. So there's a double standard here that's unlike anything I've ever seen in my lifetime. The audio that I want to play, this is a compilation of Democrat politicians over the summer during the BLM riots. Okay. And in this, included in this is also Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Okay. And House Speaker Nancy Pelosi are, are in this as well. Representatives of Congress, Maxine Waters is also in this. And I want you to hear, and again, Trump is the deranged lunatic that's calling for violence and inciting an insurrection. I want you to hear this. I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. And maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. Enemies of the state. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless. When they go low, we kick. How do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? The biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right up to the right. I thought he should have punched him in the face. And so even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists and murders. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. You would have been a hero. I'd like to punch him in the face. I said, if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Punch some people in the face. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump. And that's a fact. Look as his character is stabbed to death. Where is John Wilkes Booth when you need him? I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. 
A Missouri state senator is under investigation by the Secret Service after saying she hopes President Trump is assassinated. I will go and take Trump out tonight. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. And sadly, the domestic enemies to our voting system and our honoring our Constitution are are right at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. They're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't they're not going to let up and they should not. If you think we're rallying now, you ain't seen nothing yet. Now, Trump's the violent one, you see. (laughs) I was going to say before that very long clip that Donald Trump, despite my distaste for the man, and I've stated that many times, he's basically a human being. And I imagine what he's feeling right now and what he was feeling when he gave those speeches was that he'd let down his vote in public, who I actually have come to believe that he truly cares for. Um, And underneath all the narcissism is a human being who's probably feeling like, what more can I do? What can I do to stop this dreadful thing that is a Biden administration coming to be? And so he was, and I don't know if he still is, exhausting every single legal option. And yeah, I I heard all of that clip at various times when they were being said. And there's no doubt about it. They they are um far more willing you know the left is far more ready to go to violence than the right is but like you've said to me what was the line about a patient man beware the wrath of a patient man exactly you know the the right i think the you know the center right rational people have taken on board some of the messages from the black lives matter movement have realized that there are certain inequalities that still need to be addressed but Rather than get a chance to address them, we're now in a situation where we are going to be run roughshod by the future Biden administration, the fact that the Democrats are back in, the fact that they are so aligned with the World Economic Forum and the United Nations, this Marxism that we are going to experience. So, yeah, I don't know where else we can go with that. It just proves you, you're right. There is a double standard. And this whole impeachment thing regardless of of the words trump chose to rally people to dc is a load of baloney isn't it but yeah as i said i stand by the fact that if it had been me making that speech i'd have used a belts and braces approach to completely forbid any violence the interesting thing out of all this is that because of what happened in dc because of that the tech companies have now entered the arena. They were there before, but now they've they've decided that they're going to fully enter this battleground. And they've made their choice. They, they've made their stances clear. Uh, and I said it yesterday, Jeff Bezos has canceled his ticket to space. If the man gets life in prison, then I would assume that that's being generous at this point because of what he's done. Now, I'm not just speaking on the aspect of uh, an American from that standpoint. I'm talking about when it comes to the human right of free speech, because you canceled more than just Americans, sir. You canceled people in multiple nations around the world. You canceled Marty. You canceled myself. 
So there's going to be a price to pay for that. And God help me if you are not put before an international criminal court for what you've done. But the aspect of what happened in D.C., now now they're, they're blaming all of that on social media platforms that are not part of the big tech cabal. They're not part of Google. They're not part of Amazon. They're not part of Facebook and Twitter and, uh, and Apple and all the rest of them. Now tech has decided to step in and arbitrarily shut things down, calling it... Uh, you know, an incitement to violence, extremist platforms. This is where the uh, the people are organizing. And so we're just going to shut all of it down. Well, when you do that, then that means that you have no civil discourse. You have no ability to argue an idea. You just shut down your opposition. The thing that's concerning about that is every time in history, when you start shutting people down, when you start canceling their speech, no matter what side it comes from, when you start doing that, bad things follow. Bad things follow, and it happens fast. So Parler has since gone to another hosting company, and they're in the process now of getting back up. But here's the other aspect to this. Telegram is another platform that has exploded in recent days because of what's happened with Facebook. People are dumping their WhatsApp accounts, their Instagram accounts, their Facebook accounts in mass across the globe. Facebook has lost, I'm not sure how much they're down today, but they have lost $60 billion in market share over the last 48 hours alone. Now Apple is threatening, and I heard this this afternoon. I don't know if there's any validity validity to it, but I know that it's probably in the process of happening. Apple is threatening to remove Telegram from the App Store. So if you don't have it, again, I would highly recommend you download the app, get into it now, start learning, subscribe to our channel when you get over there. We're at Dynamic Independence. Just search for us. We'll pop right up. And you will be able to access our podcast because podcasting is next. Spotify took down President Trump's podcasting platforms last night. So we're not far from the chopping block. Guys like Steve Bannon have already been removed from uh, from Spotify uh, and others. So it's only a matter of time. Podcasting will be the next thing. But if you subscribe to us on Telegram, you will be able to continue to get our podcast because we will continue to put them out there. But I wanted to get your thought, Marty, on what happened with uh, with tech, because a lot of people are saying that it wasn't even Parler that people were were organizing on for this uh, this uh, rally in D.C. They weren't organizing on Parler. They were organizing largely on Facebook and Twitter. And of course, Trump has his big following there on Twitter. He, he had 88, what was it, like 88 million followers, 87 million followers, something like that. So yeah, these are the platforms. Yeah, they were. these are the platforms that, that uh, people were following on. But yet Parler gets shut down. And of course, Gab, I mean, that, that was another platform. I didn't even know what the hell Gab was until a couple of days yeah, ago. I, I, I still haven't experienced Gab. Yeah, but uh, that's, that's something else. But uh, that was removed a long time ago. And then, of course, Parler was removed from the app stores. Uh, their site is in the process of being uh, brought back up now. John Mates is in the process of transferring everything to another hosting provider. But the app's gone. So if you don't have it, then I'm not sure I know what to tell you. You can download the individual APK if you're an Android user, but not if you're an Apple user. Uh, but now Apple apparently, apparently, is threatening to pull Telegram from their uh, their app store. So I wanted to get your thought on what the uh, decisions of big tech. Um, most of these laws... Because of the pendulum swing, we were swung far too left for far too long. The backlash was a right-wing conservative populist uh, period within politics. Not and an extremist you, movement. Not an no, extremist movement. No, but it's it's populist, and which they're branding the, as extremist. I'm sorry. We just we because of what the mainstream media is doing, the narrative they're putting out. We have to be specific now. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I I understand, but. The hate speech laws were put into place by right-wing governments, by conservative governments. And originally, they were focused at Islamic fundamentalists. So now, the left are using these same laws and these same reasons to 
cancel, quiet and silence uh, their opposition. And the biggest irony of it is that when people were not prohibited by law from saying exactly what they felt, they immediately identified themselves as a possible threat and were then trackable and you could see what they were saying. As soon as these hate speech laws were brought into force, all of that got forced underground. And so security services were not aware of who the main players are anymore, or at least the mouthpieces. People like Chowdhury uh, in in the UK. Overnight, well, a, he was- There's a name I haven't heard in years. Anjim Chowdhury. Yeah. Wow. Whatever happened to him? Uh, he got jailed for hate Did speech. he? Did he? That's my understanding. We may just have to- Yeah, we'll have to look up to- Because I haven't heard that name in, in a long time. But- those in the UK, at least, those hate, spe- hate speech laws were brought into being because of his activities and people like him. And it's ironic now that it's flipped and the left and the, the Marxists are using those laws to silence centre-right, far-right, whatever you want to call it, but it, it's being used to silence people. And like I said, the fact is when you allow people to say what they want, you get a true picture of who they are and you know whether or not they need to be listened to or whether they need to be addressed by other means. Uh, and by that, I mean legal means. Right. Well, and, and you're talking about how they, they went through and they censured people based on, on hate speech laws, but you shut down an entire platform? I mean, the hate speech laws have always been targeted specifically. Parler, to me, because I, I didn't have a Twitter account for a, for a long time, and then I decided to go on Twitter so that I could troll James O'Brien, which I do enjoy doing. But I don't go on Twitter that much, but his his videos keep popping up on Facebook, so I'll troll him on there instead. When I was introduced to Parler as an alternative to Twitter, because people of the centre-right were leaving Twitter in their droves, I said at the time, I, I don't want to live in an echo chamber. I don't want to hear my own views just expressed back at me or similar views just spoken. I want to see what the other side is saying, which is why a good discussion, if it could ever be a good discussion in Twitter, would be good. And likewise, within Parler. I even upset people within Parler because I criticized Katie Hopkins. Upsetting people was a good thing. Because you can, it forces the discourse and the in the dialogue. Exactly. Without the uh, the grit, you don't get the pearl in the oyster. And the way that Parler did that, I mean, they don't allow, and they never did allow. It goes against their terms of service. I mean, we went through it with a fine tooth comb. Very carefully, we read each line in there before we decided we were going to go on there. And they don't allow anything that can be considered illegal. So if if you incite violence, if you threaten someone, if you act obscenely or something like that, then they will remove you. It is a community moderated platform. So if someone reports that, then of course their people are going to have a look at it. And if it's something that is deemed against their terms of service, then they're going to ban you. But that's not what happened here. What happened here is that Jeff Bezos and Amazon came out and said, we don't care about contracts or anything like that, that we have with Parler, you're gone just because you have a platform. And the only reason they actually even uh, took a look at this is because it was rumored that Trump, when they canceled him from Twitter, he jumped to Parler and they shut it down within 24 hours. Yeah, they they are absolutely just trying to silence the man. And it's wrong. And I don't know. 
he'll have to find a way. He'll have to find a way to keep communicating with his voting public because I do hope that he runs again. You know, I, I look at the well, there isn't going to be a 2024, but the, the, the thing that I always hear from people is, well, if you don't like it, well, then go out and create your own company. OK, what are you supposed to do with this? Go, go out and create your own platform. Go out and create your own uh, competitor, which I'm all for. I'm all for. But this is the argument that I've been having with people for years, you know, with guys like GP and GP puts some very astute points forward on it. And I agree with him a lot. But when you have companies that are so powerful and they get to a certain point, they're not able to be stopped at that point, or, or you're going to have a very difficult uphill climb to stop them. And so when a company becomes so powerful that it actually buys up all the competition and doesn't allow any competition, well, then you're dealing with monopoly capitalism at that point. And there are laws in your country and my country against monopolies. We have a monopolies commission in the UK that sits and decides whether or not a company is getting close to uh, having a monopoly within a certain area of, of the market. And so why are we still in the situation where we've got these globalist companies such as Amazon? Why haven't they been challenged with their monopoly? I think, tell me if you disagree, and I've, I've heard this and I, I like this. I think that all the big conglomerates, Amazon included, all of them, should have been shut down as well with all of the other businesses. Yeah, totally. They're non-essential. They are non-essential. So point, going yeah. by their logic, you know, I don't need to order any books. All I need is food. I can get food from my supermarket during the one hour a week that I'm allowed out of my house. We'll possibly. talk about that in a second. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. So you're right. Going by the current logic, they should have been stopped from operating, but they weren't. Instead, what happened? Their productivity, in, oh, sorry, their share of the market increased tenfold almost overnight. And then they turn around and they shut you up if you don't like it. Speaking of, as you said, once a week, the UK government may only let people out once a week and you're not allowed to talk in supermarkets. Yeah, yeah, you're not allowed to talk in supermarkets. The British government has reportedly discussed upping the COVID restrictions even further by only allowing people to leave their homes once per week, claiming that the National Health Service is at the breaking point. The government said it is to be considering implementing stricter rules, including compulsory mask wearing outdoors and banning so-called extended bubbles, where people are allowed to meet one person from another household. However, the biggest revelation out of that is that the cabinet ministers have privately debated preventing people from talking to each other in the streets and in the supermarkets, and even preventing people from leaving home more than once per week and introducing stricter curfews. Well, I'll tell you what they need to do. They need to take a, an example out of the Russians' uh, militaries. Uh, textbook. And the Russian nuclear, biological and chemical masks uh, did not have a mouthpiece to actually speak out of. Only sergeants and above had mouthpieces on their on their masks. They need to issue us with a mask that can actually stop something of 0.03 microns getting through and then make sure that those masks don't have mouthpieces. And then I think they might have some success with this latest um, you know, what, you know, one of the precaution, one of the congressmen from California stood up today in uh, in the House of Representatives on the articles of impeachment that they're deciding on right now. And on his mask, because House rules, you have to wear a mask if you're going to be in the House. It says this mask is as useless as our governor. Uh, well, I, again, everyone's all about content creation and monetizing their um, their public personas, which is done through, you know, social media. 
So why not? Why not rent out the front of your face as advertising space? Marty, we do have dynamic independence COVID-19 masks that we can we can get over to you. Laughably, I saw a, um, a clip of some British policemen in London dealing with a COVID situation. You know, two people. What's a COVID situation? What is a COVID situation? What is it? Snowball fights? No, no, no. There was no snow. No snow was present. And this this white police officer had the Jamaican flag as his face shield protection mask. You know, you, you've got two ways of looking at that. One is it's his version of bending the knee or it's cultural appropriation. You know, why would a white policeman be wearing the Jamaican flag on his face? I can't. You've got, I, no, I don't you, have, you, you've got nothing to come back with that. I, you, I've no. got nothing for that. I really no, don't. I'm no, sorry. No, I, 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 just, I don't know where else to go with it now anyway, but I just thought I'd mention it because I saw it. And that's what we do. That's what we do when we interact with people. We talk about our recent experiences. So when we've been sat in our houses for, you know, all by one hour of a full week, we're not going to have much to say anyway, are we? When we go out. That is correct. Or maybe we're going to have everything to say and have to say it all at once. Maybe. And to your point for saying something from the earlier point, this is breaking. This is just out now. This is a statement from the White House and from President Trump himself. And this is put out on their website, whitehouse.gov. It says, in light of, this is Trump saying this, in light of reports of more demonstrations, I urge that there must be no violence, no law breaking, and no vandalism of any kind. This is not what I stand for, and it is not what America stands for. I call on all Americans to help ease tensions and calm tempers. Thank you. Well, there you go. It just goes to show you that Donald probably should have employed me as an advisor some months ago. Some years ago, I would I would say. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a lot older than I am, but I'm not I'm I'm pretty sure he hasn't got the same experience of all levels of society as I have. I'm a, I am a social chameleon um and can fit into sort of any strata of society. I'm not sure Donald is. And whilst he might have great affection for the American working people, his life experience is not the same. And I think I, I probably could, you know, in all seriousness, have advised on, on those kind of issues. For instance, um, or as, as a, a parallel, SAGE. You know what SAGE is now? I explained to you what, what that is. Yep. Um, I looked them up earlier on on the government website to see who were the members. And there were a lot of members and I thought I'd try and see how many of them are actual virologists or immunologists or doctors, medical doctors. There are a number of those, as you would expect, but there's an awful lot of professors who can be just about anything, as we discussed. And um, I believe you've got a clip from Professor Klaus Schwab as well. I do, um, and we will be talking about that here shortly. Yeah, but I was trying to count the number of psychologists and behavioral scientists in SAGE. And there are at least a dozen out of probably around about 36 to 40 people. There's about a dozen behavioral scientists. And, you know, when you're trying to um, stop a pandemic, uh, do you need that many psychologists? Do you need that many behavioral well, scientists? I think, and this is just my opinion, I think at this point, that's a good point you bring up. But I think right now at this point, with what they're doing with this, uh, this so-called pandemic, with what they're doing with this, I think we do need all of those psychologists because the people that are administering all of this do need their heads examined. Yeah, yeah, yes, they do. Also on the list, there were four people who didn't want their names revealed. 
I'm wondering who they are. That's a great you question. Know, if, you, if you're going to be on a government advisory panel, that means you're at the top of your field within your country. And there was one who was um, international development. One of the experts is a professor in international development. Okay. International development in what context, though? Uh, absolutely no idea because you can't dig any deeper. I suppose I could could have... Um, I'm assuming Mr. Ferguson engine. would fit in that category or what? I imagine he would have done, but his name, I couldn't see his name on the list anymore. Well, no, he's too much of a disgrace at this point, calling for, I don't know, how many, six million dead or whatever it was in the early days. He may well be one of the four people who's no longer want to be named if he is still part of Sage. Well, here's some good news, though. With the uh, possibility of being locked in your houses for an entire week, with the exception of uh, one hour, I, I mean, that's there, there's a term for that. It's called uh, solitary confinement. Um the police in England say that they won't enforce masks in supermarkets. So if that's a be-all, end-all of this, well, then there seems to be a little bit of a conflict. Uh, the police have set themselves up for a conflict with ministers by insisting that they will not enforce mask wearing in supermarkets amid growing calls for tougher COVID restrictions, including a crackdown on the number of people in workplaces. Sources said the government was actively considering telling people to wear masks outdoors, which do nothing. As the NHS faces its, quote, most dangerous point, a further, yeah, they go on to talk about the death numbers and all that stuff, a ban on people in England walking or exercising with anyone from outside their household is also on the table. Was, yeah, see, they don't want you being social or in any kind of exercise. Do any one of these these low lifes, and that's what they are, any of these low lifes in these government positions not understand that exercising is necessary for maintaining a healthy lifestyle? See, they don't want you healthy. They don't want you healthy. They want you locked in your house. They want you shut up with a muzzle on your face. They want you sick and they want you poor. That's what they want. So you have nothing left but to go to them for everything. That's what they want. That's what Schwab and company want. Uh, and uh, you know what? Uh, we, we got a clip of him coming up here shortly. And uh, this guy, what an absolute piece of human garbage. What what a piece of garbage this guy is. He's not a, he's not a visionary. He's not a, a builder. He's a loser. You listen to this guy. He's an academic. That's all he is. What has this time period between 1950 and 2020 shown us? What has that shown us? Academia is based on theory. And that's what we've been operating off of since the 50s. How's this theory played out? How's all this theory played out that we've we've implemented on our societies? Has it been beneficial? Well, obviously not, because it's led us to this point. And now they're looking to take it further. All of these people that we're listening to in, in these governments, God only knows why we're listening to them at this point. But all these people we're listening to, these are all academics. They have no connection to reality. None. The various academics and educationalists that have been responsible for our, our current setup within education, notwithstanding the influx of of, of basically communist uh, academics into universities that have shaped, you know, young people's minds over the last five decades. But the actual people who decide who decided how things should be taught, what learning styles there are, they conducted in experiments on whole classes of children that would not be allowed to be conducted these days. There was a, a, a particular case in the late 60s, uh, Brown Eyes, Blue Eyes, which was uh, a video of this teacher that got her class and 
for one period of time, she told all the blue-eyed kids that they were better than the brown-eyed kids and so on and so forth and conducted this experiment and filmed it and then swapped it round. And you could see how very rapidly the kids responded to what she was telling them. You couldn't do that kind of experiment these days. And these people, these, these academics, they've spent their life in study but that doesn't mean they actually understand the implication of their suggestions, of their theories, of their ideas, because they haven't really lived that hard working class life that most of us have lived. And, and that's the problem. And that's the problem with pre- people like Schwab. They do not get it. They don't understand why there should be any resistance to their brilliant, fantastic vision. Well, that man, I hope he lives long enough to be fully shocked at how wrong he was. And I completely concur with you. Uh, and to be honest with you, it will not come soon enough the day that man's sitting in front of court to answer for what he's done. It will not come soon enough. He's not a young man, and he doesn't look like a very healthy man. No, I, but he's going to tell you. He's going to tell you how to be healthy and how to live. Well, that, that's the way of all hi- hypocrites, isn't it? That, that's exactly the way of all hypocrites. They know that they're super luxurious lifestyles will continue even if we are all under some kind of Marxist rule because they've already got that property. They've already got that wealth. They've already got the island hideaways, something that most people can only dream of. I'm just hoping that he doesn't die of a heart attack before he sees just how wrong he has been for most of his life. Mm-hmm. You know, if these people would just get the hell out of the way, we can get on with this. As in, we can advance ourselves. We, we don't need this. We don't need trash like this. We can do this ourselves. And that's what this is all about. Yeah, but they feel the same way. They feel the same way about 80% of the, the Earth's population. That's how much they want to reduce our population by within their time frame for their agenda. And that's quite scary when you think their agenda their agenda is called Agenda 2030. That's nine years time, people. It is. And they've actually had to accelerate. Uh, I think they're trying to cram the last 10 years that they're behind into one year. And you see how well they're handling all this. It's an absolute disaster. Coronavirus patients, uh, we're going to talk here about the uh, the UK NHS here for just a second. The coronavirus patients could be treated by value to society and a lottery, warns the NHS. So, see, Marty, apparently your hospitals, which you can't go and see now because of uh, all the people that were filming the empty ones, you can't That's go and strange, see that. Now. I was at hospital yesterday. Were you? Yeah. How full was uh, it? How long were you waiting? Uh, I didn't wait at all. I arrived at the hospital at 20 past eight. I was in the MRI machine by half past eight. And how many and, dead people do they have stacked up um, in the hallways? None. none. No one. And I, I left the hospital by 10 past nine and was back home before 10 o'clock. So, no, the hospital was not busy. But that's one of many hospitals. I, that's true. I, yeah. I'm sure there are other hospitals that are, that are extremely busy, probably due to the fact that they've got half their staff self-isolating due to COVID restrictions. Patients could be chosen for treatment based off of their potential value to society or by lottery if hospitals are overrun and emergency protocols drafted by Britain's socialized healthcare system is warned. Who's I'm not joking. This? Sorry, what, <laughs> what's the source of this? This is, okay, this is, this is Breitbart. This is out of Breitbart. Okay, okay. 
The emergency triage document was first published by the Journal for Medical Ethics in November, but is now being sent out to NHS hospitals across the country. The document said that when resources are sufficient, the health decisions should be based solely on what is best for every patient, according to the Telegraph. See, triage, which is deciding which patients to treat first, changes in a military context. If you're in a, a peacetime civilian context, you treat the people who are most injured or most ill first. In a military context, you treat those that you can get back into the fight fastest first, which means, unfortunately, those with serious injuries that you know you can't immediately get back to the front line, they get treated last in a, in a wartime situation. So whenever anyone says triage to me, you have to take it into context. What is the aim of the triage? Is it to make sure that all patients survive or is it to make sure only the useful ones survive? I, I just thought that was rather funny because, I mean, he here we are last week, we're looking at videos all across the UK of empty hospitals. And now they're talking about, you know, value to society and rationing care and all of that stuff. It, it's just, in my opinion, I'm looking at headlines like that. And, and I'm not discrediting the source of it or the sources in this case, because there were three sources. I, I'm not discrediting the sources. I'm simply saying that the headline itself is... Uh, it's just a sensational piece that's put out by the government and the NHS to incite the fear of people that are locked in their houses. It's it's more of the gaslighting that Mike was talking about when he was on the other day with us. Yeah, of course it is. It, it will ramp up fear. And, uh, you know, outlets like Breitbart are there for a purpose and they're, they're there to call these things out because no other mainstream media would do. So whilst I might find it slightly dubious, you know, to, to hear that, that's why I asked you where it came from. Without organizations like Breitbart, half of the stuff that is, is going on would still be a complete secret. Do you want to get into the World Economic Forum? You got to play that clip from Klaus. Yeah, I, I do. I do. Yeah. All right. So let's let's jump over to the World Economic Forum. We were talking about Klaus Schwab, and we've got we've got some audio of uh, of uh, Mr. Schwab, and uh, this is Professor Schwab. Professor. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Professor Schwab. Excuse me. Heart, pardon me. This is him. Uh, now, this is out of Sky News Australia. To their credit, I, I don't I don't know. How are they able to is, is Sky News? Is, is that still it has to be a Rupert Murdoch outfit down there as well? Yes, has to be. Of course it is. But don't forget that their main aim is division. OK, so you've always got to have both sides of the argument put forward because they want to divide the populace because we're easier to control if we're pigeonholed into left or right. So they know how to deal with us. So Australia, maybe, maybe there's a maverick producer on that, right? On that, that TV program. Well, it's also, it is on that to new be, show. Yeah. To be fair, this is a different anchor reporting this, but the documents that we heard about, the data dump a few weeks back about all of the compromised people in our governments, in Western governments, in Western corporations that are documented to be on board and, and taking finances and be compromised by the Chinese Communist Party. That was reported by Sky News Australia. But as far as I can see, it wasn't even touched up here anywhere. Yeah. And you, you've got a completely different outlook within Australia as well, that they may have trouble covering up because of the amount of debt that Australia is into the Chinese Communist Party for, the groundswell of opinion in Australia is quite strong to the right and anti-China. So 
it would be difficult to gaslight using the left perspective. So instead, they'll divide using the right perspective. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. All right, let's uh, let's get to the clip again. This is uh, Sky News Australia, and the, forgive the sarcasm. I I don't I don't criticize people because of an accent. I, I've never been that kind of person. I, I just don't do that. So f- forgive the uh, the sarcasm on the clip. I'm I'm just simply playing uh, what they're what they're putting forth. That's all. Klaus again, minus the white cat on his knee, telling us all about the fourth industrial revolution. The fourth industrial revolution will impact our lives completely. It will not only change how we communicate, how we produce, how we consume, it will change actually us, our own identity, which of course gives life uh, to such uh, policies and uh, developments like uh, smart traffic, smart government, smart cities. What we will see is that uh, everything will be integrated into a ecosystem driven by big data and uh, driven uh, particularly by close cooperation also of governments uh, with um, business, civil society. And this revolution will come at a race-taking speed. It will be like a tsunami. Like a tsunami in the fourth industrial revolution, you will own nothing, but you will be happy. That is an order. It gets worse. The World Economic Forum are now blatantly saying capitalism needs a dose of Marxism. As I say, it's not like they're hiding their sinister intentions. (laughs) I, on the other hand, will make fun of people's accents because I enjoy it. And I'm wondering if if we should sue because it was us that first broached the subject of a white cat being stroked gently on Klaus Schwab's lap. Yeah, I, I remember um, you saying that, a white cat diamond um, necklace. Yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. As he spoke, you could almost imagine this as a utopia, what he's saying, if you just accept it. It's just like, you know, if you just accept it, everything will be fine. But when you read between the lines and actually start to examine how each of those things are going to be achieved, how the smart city will work, how this ecosystem that is driven by big data will work, and realize how they intend to achieve each of these elements of the fourth industrial revolution, you'll realize how dystopian the whole thing is. All you need to do is read with an open mind the 17 sustainable development goals put forward by the UN's Agenda 2030, but then think about how they will achieve each one. And then you'll realize that the WEF, the World Economic Forum, how their eight predictions for the future are all linked into these uh, sustainable development goals. And you'll realize that the two are hand in glove. And any time that you you hear your politician use the phrase "build back better," you should immediately not believe another word out of their mouths. Yeah, that is right out of the United Nations and the World Economic Forum Davos Group. The smart traffic. He was talking there about smart traffic, smart cities, smart homes, uh, an entire ecosystem based on data, uh, data collectors and data providers, big tech companies. Well, we've already seen this kind of steps that they take. Well, as you said. Uh, this is how it's going to be. It almost sounds utopian, and you're going to like it. Um, okay, so I'm going to like it as long as I don't question it, as long as I don't push back against it, as long as I just keep my mouth shut and do what you tell me, then 
I'm going to like it. And and capitalism needs some Marxism to survive the fourth industrial revolution. Apparently, these idiots know nothing about capitalism on top of it. They know about global capitalism. It's free market economy and local capitalism that is actually making the world work. The globalization puts the money into very few people's pockets. You can forget about trickle down. If a local guy gets rich and out of his own business initiative uh, and he has a nice new house built, then local builders, local plumbers, local electricians get to make some money out of it. If the capitalists, the global capitalists, uh, make more money, they just get to keep it. Yeah. Nothing happens locally. Support your local businesses, people. As Johnny said the other day, the solution to this, and I'm absolutely 100% behind him, is to live your life. Go out, go to your local businesses, the ones that are open, and support them. Stop buying everything online. For God's sake, stop buying everything online. Go and shop locally. You know, I think that that's going to be uh, one of the things. And and with Amazon taking the stances that they did with uh, stomping on people's uh, free speech worldwide, not just in one country or in, in one aspect, they've done it worldwide to people. That is, uh, honestly, I think they're going to suffer the same fate. I'm not sure what their market share is right now. I'm not sure what their market value is, but uh, Amazon, excuse me, um, but Facebook and Twitter, they're getting hammered. They're getting hammered right now. And and that's what needs to happen is exactly that. That stock price, you need to put them out of business. That's what needs to happen. So governments, and Schwab was talking there about governments, businesses, and corporations will all form this uh, this consortium, which we've talked about this. We've talked about this. This is part of the Great Reset. But how's that working out for you? How's that working out for you now? With everything that's happened with COVID, which by the way, they've got a they've got a whole plan lined up for that. How's that working out for you? How's that working out for us? I don't care what country you're in, whether you're in the UK or or Spain, big protests in Spain happening right now, by the way. Hundreds of thousands of people out there in the streets protesting lockdowns. Spanish people, I've got experience of Spanish people, quite close experience of Spanish people. And right from the time when I was a, a, a 13 or 11 to 13 year old child, I was told Spanish people tend to work two or maybe three jobs. So not one big globalist company that they work for. They work two or three jobs. They get to choose or did used to, used to get to choose what services they paid for in their taxes to the state or the, the local region. They had all kinds of freedoms. Under the EU, I think those freedoms have slowly been dwindled away a bit. But because they earn their living, uh, the vast majority of them earn their living from two or three different jobs, an awful lot more of them haven't been able to work from home or be furloughed or all those kind of things that the UK government has, has has managed to give us. So I would hope, yes, that they are protesting, that they are standing up and saying, we need our income, we need our economy to be successful. We all do. We all do. It, it's it's that, that's enough of this. I, I'm sorry, you, I didn't mean to interrupt you. That, but the, I'm just I, I'm at the end of my rope with this. That, that's enough of this. We're done with this. Well, you've interrupted me now. And I've forgotten what I was going to say. So uh, I'm sorry, man. Point, it's mate. just this. this if it's failed, dead here now, it's your fault. Yeah, it, it, this failed social experiment is all this is. That that's all this is. This is a failed social experiment in an attempt to overthrow our governments and our and quite frankly our civilization as a whole. You know, the deeper I try and look into why this social experiment is necessary, why these very rich people and very big organizations would put all their eggs into one basket 
it's got to be that the banks are empty. The IMF, the World Bank, it's empty. It doesn't, it, you know, the, the cash flow has stopped. And do I really care that Facebook has lost, how much did you say? 60, 60, 60 billion. billion. That was a, as of yesterday. I don't know what the, uh, I don't know what the spot price is at the moment, but yeah. Off their share prices. Yep. Yeah. Well, I, I don't care. I, I really don't care. I, I hope, I hope that what's his face, Zuckerberg, has to go and tap dance for his next meal. I, I, I want him to experience that. He's, again, another academic, a spotty little kid who came out of a university having had a little bit of a good idea that at the time was all about rating girls within his university. You know, that that's what it was. It started off as an extremely sexist thing, but turned into something good and then got used for something bad. It's all false. Stocks and shares, they're false. Cash is king. Cash is king. Our finance people say that all the time, you know, within the company that I work for. And they're absolutely right. Uh, your share price can be tuppence, but if you've got plenty of cash in the bank, the business carries on. And I think right. these lot are out of cash. And that's they, why it's precipitated this whole uh, situation. They are out of cash. That's the point is is they're out of cash. They're in the point now where they're just, I mean, we're spending just multiple trillions worth the end. And that's why, that's another reason why they're doing this is because the cash flows, I mean, it's done. I mean, I, I used the analogy a long time ago. I mean, 2008, all of this should have gone bust. All of it. Everything should have gone. Instead of letting it go bust, we bailed it out. And we, we essentially took all of the money we had, whatever we had left at the time, and we essentially threw it into a black hole. It just didn't go anywhere. But now they can't kick that can. I mean, you've heard the phrase kicking the can down the road. Well, yeah. that can has now turned itself into a 55-gallon drum of cement, and they can't kick it any further. It's just I, they're done. So now yeah. they need to grab the assets. I got an effective pay rise out of the, out of the crash in 2008. Because when I went to the United Arab Emirates, it was seven dirhams to the pound. By the time I left, it was 4.6 dirhams to the pound. So there was a significant pay rise in my home currency that I was sending home every month uh, as a result of the crash. But countries had to devalue their currencies. I benefited as, as well when when Venezuela devalued the Bolivar. I believe I might have told you before. You we did. were in... Yeah, we were in in, in LaGuara, which is a, the port area of Caracas, and we cashed checks to, to go ashore and have a few beers and some oysters and some steak. And some of us went ashore as millionaires. We'd never been millionaires before, but in Bolivars, our couple of hundred pounds were suddenly a couple of million. It was my 21st birthday, and I remember buying... Everybody at the table, which was, it looked like the last supper, but instead of just sitting down one side of the table, we sat down both sides of the table, buying, paying for everybody's meal, which was oysters to start with, 24 oysters, followed by great big uh, Venezuelan beefsteaks, uh, salads, desserts, plenty of beer. And I paid for it all and still had change out of 40 pounds. And I got a shoe shine as well. That's amazing. And if you look yeah. at it now, it's I think it's twenty four thousand to one. I think that was the I think it's the current exchange to a dollar. So twenty four thousand bolivars to one dollar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the time, the pound was uh, probably two and a half dollars. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's spend the last couple of minutes here. I, I caught this because we were talking about twenty thirty and and Klaus Schwab and and the Davos Group and all that. Everything seems to be 
hinging upon UN Agenda 2030. And you mentioned the 17 points, the sustainable development goals of 2030. I caught this article out of the World Economic Forum. It's up there on their website. It's called Welcome to 2030. I own nothing. I have no privacy. And life has never been better. See, you'll be happy about it. You'll be happy about it. And this is just simply a, a, a possible end road, if you will. And I thought this was interesting. And I thought of you when I read this. Uh, and I, I wanted to uh, wanted to put this past you. Now, I'm not going to read all of it, but uh, it is it is quite interesting. They basically go on here to talk about how uh, things are now. And and tell me, I mean, this is this is the stuff that they're talking about now already. And guys like Schwab and the rest of them, they're, they're talking about this. Welcome to the year 2030. Welcome to my city. Or should I say our city? I don't own anything. I don't own a car. I don't own a house. I don't own any appliances or clothes. It might seem odd to you, but it makes perfect sense for us in this city. Everything you considered a product has now become a service. Isn't that what you said? Products will become services? Isn't, isn't that right? That is one of the imaginings. That is one of the eight imaginings of the, of the future from the World Economic Forum. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. How's that going to work? How is, I, how is that? How? Well, I don't know. I'll tell you how I think it's going to work. That city, which was probably a city of, let's say, 5 million people, is now a city of 40,000 people. So a laundry service, which is picked up by an autonomous car, picks up your laundry, delivers your fresh clothes for the next day. But of course, you'll be wearing uh, Chairman Mao pajamas yeah. because yeah. There, there, there won't be any individuality there. And you'll be and happy. You'll be wearing masks. Yeah, you'll be wearing masks yeah, all the time. Yeah. You'll be happy because the additives that they would have put into the food that they're going to be providing you with, which is going to be generated from um, mealworms and locusts and all those kind of edible insects, bugs, which is another one of the predictions. Like I said earlier on, people need to read between the lines. These things sound utopian. What they are is even more dystopian than anything Orwell wrote about anything that you know we've seen in recent films like Blade Runner and um, well that's not a recent film but you know what I mean well, or the, the, the re- latest video game that everybody's hyped about is uh, Cyberpunk it's that dystopian uh, city in the future where people have all of this uh, you know cybernetic implants and it's all corporation I, government controlled I played the role play game Cyberpunk based on the Shadowrun books thirty years ago. So we, we, we were imagining those things then. And yeah, you've got the jacker who's got <laughs> in, in the artwork because the USB hadn't been invented in those days. Uh, they had uh, like a jack plug connector that went into their arm that connected direct to a keyboard so that their mind was the computer they were, that they were operating via, via this keyboard. It's science fiction. And sometimes when you've reached, you know, we're, we're all about progress, progress, the next advance, this, that, and the other. This is why Ned and I have fallen out, and I'd probably fall out with Bruce if we had the same discussion about this drive to get to the red planet. All of these things, once you get to a certain point within your development as a, as a life form, it's time to stop pushing when some things are right. And that's the problem with society where we are being driven always for the next best thing. And and sometimes we've, it's already here. And, and the next push scientifically might just be a push too far that we don't want. That is true. That is true. However, I, I'm I'm hopeful if we can get. See, that's the problem. Is that the tech, the tech is good, but it's in the hands of very dangerous people. That's the problem I have with it. Is I'm not against all this stuff. I'm not some kind of a technophobe or something. But I'm against the companies and the people that are controlling this. It's something I've said many times that 
you have a normal person who does really well within their chosen business, when they get to a certain age and a certain level of wealth, they stop. The problem is that some of these achievements, these scientific achievements, are driven by people who who haven't got an off switch, so they don't know when to stop and when to relax. Gates. Yeah, and they're funded by people who have also got no off switch and no idea when it's time to rest their booties on up up on a footstool and have a long cold one. Let's continue on with this. We have access to the, again possible future into the year 2030 describing a city at that time. This is if uh, Schwab and company have their way. We have access to transportation, accommodation, food and all the things we need in our daily lives. One by one all of these things became free. So it ended up not making sense for us to own much. First, communication became digitized and free to everyone. Then, when clean energy became free, things started to move quickly. Transportation dropped dramatically in price. It made no sense for us to own cars anymore because we could call a driverless vehicle or a flying car for longer journeys within minutes. We started transporting ourselves in a much more organized and coordinated way when public transport became easier, quicker, and more convenient than a car. Yeah, only if you go where the places they allow you to go. Now I can hardly believe that we accepted congestion and traffic jams, not to mention the air pollution from combustion engines. What were we thinking? Sometimes I use my bicycle when I go see some of my friends. I enjoy the exercise and the ride. It kind of gets the soul to come along on the journey. Funny how some things never seem to lose their excitement. Walking, biking, cooking, drawing, or growing plants. It makes perfect sense and reminds us of how our culture emerged out of a close relationship with nature. If I'm still alive when all this is in place, and the chances of that are negligible, but if I was, I would also go out on my bicycle. And these autonomous vehicles, of course, have got you know an automatic braking system that senses when something is in front of them. We used to have a competition at school on school sports days called the slow bicycle race. The idea was that you would um, all start off from the start line and the last person to cross the finish line without their feet touching the ground would be the winner. So it's a slow bicycle race. That's interesting. And I was I was very good at the slow bicycle race. And so I'd be finding, you know, the elite's autonomous vehicles and putting my bicycle in front of them and practicing the slow bicycle race so that they didn't get to where they wanted to get to very fast at all. Sorry, that's yeah. just the way my mind works. Again, those kind of things, that kind of situation can't happen in a large city. You look at the population of London, which is, I think is about 7 million for Greater London. Can you imagine if um, all of a sudden in the morning, let's say 2 million people needed to get to work at the same time, which is about you know what it is in the mornings, the the London rush hour. Can you imagine these um, autonomous vehicles rocking up to everybody's domicile? It's not going to work with those kind of numbers. It only works with much, much smaller cities. The only way they're going to get much, much smaller cities is if they manage to stop us breeding, stop us living our lives the way we want to live. That's the only way they're going to achieve it. That's why this is so dystopian. You're going to love the way they're going to have everybody living. Listen to this. In our city, we don't pay rent because someone else is using our free space whenever we don't need it. My living room, for example, is used for business meetings when I'm not there. Once in a while, I will choose to cook for myself. It's easy. The necessary kitchen equipment is delivered at my door within minutes. Since transport became free, we stopped having all those things stuffed into our home. Why keep a pasta maker or a waffle maker crammed into our cupboards? 
we can just order them when we need them. See, again, you don't own anything. Your products become services. That's what it is. You know, I like Great British Bake Off. We've, we've spoken about yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. And it's a cooking show and it's based on bakery. And when we watch the Great British Bake Off, uh, we try to have whatever they're making so that we don't get hungry for that thing and not have it. I go out and buy it so that we've we've got it when the Bake Off's on. Can you imagine, uh, you know, a, a cooking show that's doing pasta? Let's say Gino DeCampo's son or great-grandson is now showing everyone how to cook a particular pasta dish. You need a pasta maker and everybody wants it all at once. So what's going to happen? You, you know, you, you stood there at your front door waiting for the autonomous vehicle to arrive with your pasta maker and the ingredients, but you don't. You get a waffle maker or a Cuisinart. Is that what you call them in America? The normal household kitchen um, multi-appliance, are they called Cuisinards? It kind of, it's um, it's like a multi-use kitchen machine kind the of Kenwood thing. The Kenwood multi-chef. Yeah, yeah. Something yeah, like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's just it's just one of those words I've heard on, on American sitcoms, and I've yeah. always wondered if it was a real word. Yeah, it's bollocks, isn't it, mate? Atta, it is. Atta, it is. Bollocks. It is. Uh, shopping. Do you want to do shopping in the year 2030, Marty? Shopping. I mean, this this is, you might be wondering how shopping is going to work because uh, you don't own anything, right? All, all your products or services. Yeah. All right. Shopping. I can't really remember what that is. For most of us, it's been turned into choosing things to use. Sometimes I find this fun and sometimes I just want the algorithm to do it for me. It knows my taste better than I do. It's kind of like the uh, Google pizza you sent to me yesterday. Yeah. 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 I told me when AI. Yeah, when AI and robots took over so much of our work, we suddenly had time to eat well, what you don't have time to eat well now, sleep well, and spend time with other people. If you have your vaccinations, of course, that are going to be forced on you. The concept of rush hour makes no sense anymore since the work that we do can be done at any time. No deadlines anymore. Because, well, I mean, why have a deadline if you don't have a job? I don't really know if I would call it work anymore. It's more like thinking time, creation time, and development time. For a while, everything was turned into entertainment, and people did not want to bother themselves with difficult issues. Oh, yeah, because everyone has, everyone needs a safe space, and everyone needs to, to just step back and reflect on the stresses of life. That's life. Anxiety is part of life. Stress is part of life. That's how we build ourselves up. That's how we become better people, is we work our way through that, and we develop a sense of confidence and a sense of, uh, of leadership about ourselves to drive ourselves even further. Now, here's the thing. You might be wondering, well, what if I don't want to go along with this, right? What if I don't want to go along with this? Well, they, yeah, they, they, they thought of that too. See, their biggest concern, right? Whoever's you know living in this city of 2030, their biggest concern is all the people that don't live in the city, right? It'd be that uh, the ones that are not part of that 40,000 that you were talking about, not the millions, but the, the thousands. Those we lost on the way, yeah, you know, you're not going to go along with the revolution. Well, you know what happens to you. Those who decided that it became too much, all this technology. Yeah, people don't want to have a microscope shoved up their backside every time they want to uh, pick out something to eat. Those who felt obsolete and useless when robots took over, robots and AI took over the big parts of our jobs. Of course, because there's a certain dignity to actually producing something and actually working towards something and owning something and having that security. It's a sense of accomplishment, a sense of life achievement. Those who got upset with the political system and turned against it. Me, me, I'm holding my hand up right now. Me, I, I'm there. I'm there. I was there after 14 days to flatten the curve. They live a different kind of life outside of the city. Some have formed little self-supplying communities 
and others just stayed in the empty and abandoned houses in small 19th century villages. Once in a while, I get annoyed about the fact that I have no real privacy, nowhere I can go and, and not be registered. I know that. I know that somewhere everything I do, think, and dream is recorded. I just hope that nobody will use it against me. All in all, it's a good life. Much better than the path we're on, where it became so clear that we could not continue with the same model of growth. No, we can't do something that's actually worked. No, we can't do that. With all these terrible things happening, lifestyle diseases, climate change, the refugee crisis, environmental degradation, completely congested cities, water pollution, air pollution, social unrest, and unemployment, we lost too many people before we realized that we could do things differently. No, what it should say there, and again, that's fiction, is we lost so many people so that we could live that way. That's right. Um, there's a film, and I haven't seen it for a very long time, called The Stepford Wives. And all these women were basically um, strung out on some kind of of drug that made them completely compliant. And that's exactly what these people would have to be. They would have to be drugged. You know, it's proven that small achievements, completing tasks, give you the dopamine or endorphin dump that you need just to to keep happy. This dystopian dream that you have just read, people would be so miserable. But that's still what they're driving us for. Those ones who are living outside the... Remember that map you had of the US showing areas that were supposed not to be inhabited because yeah, was, they were too dangerous to live in? Yeah, that was... Well, no, it was those were... Um... Those were highly regulated areas that you were not allowed to visit. That was uh, considered to be off limits to human activity. That was Agenda Twenty One. Yeah, that's where that's where we'd be living, wouldn't it? Would be. Would well, we're kind of living that now, aren't we? We're kind of living that now, aren't we? For example, I wish I was. For well, real. no, I, now think about it. Now, no, no, think about that. Because of the lockdowns, because of what's happening. Well, you can't go here. You can't go there. You can't go out and and be out in uh, in nature and take a walk in the park with your dog or something. You, you can't go run now, apparently, in parts of the UK. You can't do that. You can't have a snowball fight. Yeah. One police force up north somewhere has had to apologize to two women they arrested rather violently. I say or roughly, not violently, but roughly, who had gone for a walk together and they were both carrying their cups of coffee that they had purchased from different shops. They'd arrived in different cars and they walked at least two meters apart. If that's not just more. ridiculous, that, that's I'm but sorry, they were, but they were arrested uh, and the police forces now had to apologize to those ladies. I want to see a lot more of those types of apologies in the next few weeks, and I want those officers um, fired. Well, there's no point; they are simply obeying orders. Oh no, and no, no, then, that's fine. That's fine. When you get yeah. done firing them, then those people yeah. can turn in their resignations that gave them the orders. Yeah, but. That is the way that we're being forced to live, and it, it's it's an absolute disgrace. I have obeyed all the rules. I still wear my muzzle when I go out to the shops, and because I'm working from home, I do not go out very much. I want an excuse to go out. I, I want a reason to go out. I want a reason to be stopped and challenged by some of these individuals. That would be the worst day of their lives, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate to say it would, but I haven't got much longer, and uh, you know, I'm getting older, and and I would like to 
at least experience it so that I could report back here if well, my we're friend. still allowed to podcast. Well, my friend, uh, we're, we're always we're always going to podcast, but my friend, but you're going to have to join us on Telegram for that because, like I said, the hammer's coming down. But uh, I have a funny feeling that the next few days are going to be very interesting, uh, and we shall see on the days going forward. But we are out of time. We did go over a little bit today, but uh, that's because Bruce isn't here. Bruce is having some carpet installed in his house today. Uh, he will be back tomorrow. But uh, again, no morning show today. We did a little bit of extra time this evening uh, because of that. So um, anyway, we are going to have to go. But I would love to plug our parlor pages, but um, unfortunately, we're, we're not able to do that at the moment. However, I would highly recommend... And I would suggest this, whether we were plugging parlor or not, I would highly recommend people get into Telegram as soon as possible, because rumor has it is Apple's going to pull the app from the store. Uh, when you get over there, once you get registered, when you get over there, look us up, search for us. We have a channel there. Uh, just search Dynamic Independence. We'll pop right up and join our channel. We will be mirroring our podcast from what we put out here to there. So you will always get the podcast. And uh, Marty, I don't know if I told you this, we're working on a uh, and I'm working on it right now. Uh, we're working on doing a Telegram only exclusive to our channel in there. So whoever subscribes to us will be doing specifically a podcast for that channel and it won't go out here. So um, and we'll be able to, you know, get into some more subjects that we're not able to get into here due to that pesky terms of service. <laughs> so um, <laughs> that, uh, that that would be interesting in the coming days. But yeah, we're working on that. But be sure and get on to uh, get onto our channel over there. Anything you want to say on that? No, I've got Telegram and uh, I'm totally pissed off about Parler because I was starting to get a f quite a few followers, far more than I ever had on Twitter. People are pretty nice over there. Yeah. But yeah, I, I look forward to continuing to podcast. However, we, we managed to do it. And like I said, uh, and the way that that will happen if they start taking us down off of other platforms, which uh, we know it's coming. It's just a matter of time. Uh, and, and so uh, you need to get over there and you need to get in our Telegram channel uh, as soon as possible. You don't have to download any kind of a, a MP3 player or anything. All you have to do is click on the podcast and it'll play right there. There's an MP3 player built right into the into the app itself. So uh, it'll all be good. Anyway, for those of you who'd like to reach out to us and get in contact with us, you can do so by dropping us a line at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. We're on these platforms now, but tomorrow, who knows? The way that they're swinging band hammers around big tech, it's hard to say. So if you will uh, pass this along to friends, family, and known associates, we would appreciate that. And again, uh, recommend us on Telegram if they're already on Telegram. Just recommend our channel there. Also, if you're rating podcast, if you could drop over to Apple Podcast and give us a rating at your earliest possible convenience, as long as they have us, uh, we would appreciate that as well. I understand Apple is going to be one of the next platforms that are going to start removing podcasts. Uh, we would appreciate that. Uh, five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. Marty, thanks for being here tonight. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have Bruce or anyone else, so it's a, it's a real shame. But that'll do it for today. Yeah, that'll do it for today. I don't know. I, I don't know if you'll be here tomorrow or not, but uh, if you're here tomorrow, that'd be great. There's a strong possibility I may be. Thank okay. you, listeners, and good night. Have a good evening. <laughs> <laughs>